0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Reds got a glimpse of their most important player for the rest of the season during their weekend series in Milwaukee. And there is an underlying reason that it seems Hunter Strickland is getting all of these ninth inning appearances. We'll dive into what that is on today's Locked On Reds.
1: Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion over four years each of podcasting experience, and we have turned that into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about the most recent position player to join the roster and the longest serving position player on the roster and tell you, and tell you how they are both going to help the Reds win some games the rest of the way. Jeff and I are also going to tell you about a bullpen situation that David Bell is indefensibly wrong about. And then finally, Jeff and I are going to catch you up on what exactly is going on with Hunter Green and that million dollar right shoulder. And then we're also going to talk about the newest pitcher that is going to make his debut for the Reds in 2022. We have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So the next time you need to buy a vehicle, grab your phone and head to vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Jeff, there are two very encouraging bats in this lineup right now for the reds one of them has been around a long long time and the other one is just starting to burst onto the scene and had a game for himself that was very very encouraging for all of us that have been waiting for him to do something special uh, to see it and and jose barrero finally delivered
0: Yeah, let's start with him because Jose Barrero showed us how good things can be. We didn't see any of that the first time that he has been up. And honestly, the huge reason why we haven't seen him that much over the last year has just been injuries. He's been hurt. And when you're not hurt, you can't be on the field anywhere, let alone A or Major League Baseball. So a lot of that has been attributed. In his long rehab process, there were some things like, oh, we're worried about the slider and stuff like that. But now is the time to figure that out in Major League Baseball because he's not going to figure that out in AAA and then all of a sudden be amazing at the MLB level. You just got to sink or swim. And sure, he had a rough game on Sunday, but that game on Saturday showed us how amazing Things could be absolutely crushed an Aaron Ashby offering and then a Hobie Miller offering into pretty much the same spot, like just absolutely destroy. I love to see that game from him because we haven't seen
1: that yet. We haven't seen good from Jose Barrero. No, it was really nice to see him have the uh, opportunity to break out and uh, and do it actually, you know, on a national stage. Uh, that was a national broadcast game. I mean... <laughs> you know, the plus side of that was it was a national broadcast game and got him exposure. Right. The downside of that was the just God awful announcing that came along with that national broadcast game, but I don't want to sidetrack us on that. <laughs> it was just really bad. I feel cheated that I didn't get John Sadak on Jose Barrero's first home right. run call. Um, you know, at least we had Tommy thrall to fall back on Jeff, but listen, excited to see that excited for, uh, what it means. And, you know, David Bell had a couple, um, things to say post game about Jose Barrero's performance so uh, before we continue talking about Jose let's hear from David Bell great game you know he's it's definitely a game of um, you know where you you definitely have to keep making adjustments and keep finding
0: ways to get better and he's working so hard and um, did a lot of work today before the game and Um, Yeah, hopefully something clicked for him because it really, truly is just a matter of time. You know, he's a very talented player. Um, He's going to get a chance to play here this year. And not only his, you know, first few games here, um, he seemed close, you know, and then he he broke through tonight. Um, It's got to be a great feeling for him just to
1: get, get that going and contribute to a win.
0: I think it's important to know because they showed the replay and things like that of the two home runs so that both pitches were kind of on the inner part of the plate a little bit upper in the zone. He's been struggling with a low and away pitch and really Corbin Burns took advantage of him a couple of times in that area on Sunday's game. But it's good to see that when he is given a pitch that he should crush, he does crush it because we heard that in AAA. like, oh, yes, he's hitting so many home runs. And it's just like, well, it's in triple A. Who cares? Like he's got to do it at the major league level. And here it is. This is something that he can build off of moving forward. And yeah, sure. Sure. Is it tough that he had four strikeouts and a golden sombrero on Sunday? Yeah, but you also played Corbin Burns. Like the fact that Michael Papirski hit a home run off of Corbin Burns, I'm still shocked about.
1: And let's not forget that there are a couple of those at bats where he's 0 for 4. He got hosed. And, and yes, listen, I know yes. if you watched the game the day before, Angel Hernandez was behind the plate. So anybody behind the plate today was going to look like the best umpire in the history of Major League Baseball. But the dude missed some calls, and Jose Barrero, um, it cost him a couple times. So I was encouraged by his at bats. He was up there battling. He fell behind 0 2 a couple times, but he continued to battle. He continued to try and work a count. And, you know, I really believe one of those, those strikeout when he got called looking, uh, I I really think he had worked a walk there. So there, there are even, even in the offer, there are things to be encouraged about with his performance uh, following that two home run game.
0: And the idea of him panning out is just so awesome for the Reds. If he works, if the bat works, because the fielding is fine, the glove, the arm, everything is beautiful. He made an amazing snap throw to first base that got a guy whenever he was trying to get back to first when Papirski had him dead to rights on an attempted steal. He just, he fields so amazingly. So it's what he can do in the batter's box. If that works, You were talking about just a glut of talent that the Reds have at the shortstop position. Guys who are listed as shortstops, who they can then move to other positions. And I feel like there's some people that think that that's a negative. Like you will have a roster full of eight shortstops and a catcher.
1: Eight shortstops and a catcher. That's what we're going to do. What's bad about that? Yeah,
0: I got (laughs) sign me up every day of the week for that. That's what I want to see.
1: You know, as, as exciting as it is looking at this young guy finally maybe starting to show a signs of breaking out, uh, something else I wanted to talk about, Jeff, is there's an old man on this roster, and he's very sneakily, very quietly, since the end of April, started to put together a really, really above average season, and that, of yes. course, is the one and only Joseph Daniel Votto.
0: And you probably have missed these stat lines because I'm not going to lie. Steve had to point them out to me because after watching him play on Sunday and just get embarrassed by Corbin Burns on multiple occasions, I was like, oh, my gosh, how is our boy Joey doing? He's doing real well, Steve. Those (laughs) numbers since April make you really happy about how he's been playing.
1: I mean, absolutely. If you look at just his slash line since April, it's 249, 352, 480. And like you said, we're not going to get the MVP Votto anymore. Uh, That guy's probably not turning up ever again, you know, father time and all. But since April, that equates to a weighted runs created plus Jeff of 133. His performance since April is 33% above league average.
0: That's our man, Joey. He still bangs because he's been phenomenal since the month of April and then you you look at the fact like let's let's put this into perspective here because I think people understand that there's a lot of folks that like to cherry pick their stats and they like to say okay well we're gonna get rid of the bad and if you just look at the good then yeah he's really good this isn't that way like the month of April was so far and away different than the rest of this season has been for him in the month of April in the 20 I believe it's 21 games that he played in the month of April he had one extra base hit the difference between you me and Joey Votto is that he had one more extra base hit (laughs) than we did in the month of April and he had three RBIs in the month of April just absolutely just completely shut down and he had almost a third he has 90 total strikeouts after Sunday on the season he had 27 strikeouts in the month of April he was the most un that ever Joey Votto'd and didn't Joey Votto when we needed him to Joey Votto.
1: And I'll I'll tell you to put in perspective and you're absolutely right. You can kind of, you know, you know, if you've ever taken a stats class in college, you learn, you can make the data do some things you want it to do if you get selective. So fine. Let's not do that. Let's throw out my since April talk, but I want to tell you how good he's been since April. Let's take his season as a whole, even with that horrendous April, his weighted runs created plus for the entire season through today is one Oh eight. He is 8% above league average Factoring in that horrid April, that's how good he's been since the first of May.
0: He had 10 total bases that month just ridiculously un Joey Votto like and the fact that he has turned it around since then I don't think he's been given enough credit for that because I think that there are still plenty of people that are expecting him like you said MVP they're expecting a 300 batting average a 400 on base and a 500 slugging from Joey Votto and that's just not going to happen anymore and what he's been giving the Reds has really been a huge reason as to why the Reds have not lost the series I can't believe we went this long by the way Steve we went 10 minutes into the show without saying this the Reds haven't lost a series since the all-star break what yeah
1: i said that and And there's more than just the al east we actually just (laughs) took a series from the division leader we knocked them out of first place jeff
0: knocked them out of first place which that helps The Cardinals so that'll take us down a dark path but whatever this still I mean the Reds got to win right I'm just really happy with what we've been seeing Jose Barrero figuring things out really sets this team up for a quick rebuild it really does and Joseph Daniel Votto has led this team to a resurgence as of late which I think we saw the other day the over might be back in play
1: the over might be back baby
0: Seventy four wins, seventy four wins. That that that'd be really interesting. I don't know. I, I I'm almost there. I'm almost. I'm not quite back yet. I'm still. I'm optimistic, but I'm not quite back there yet. <sighs> we'll see. But I tell you this: there is an incentive clause in the contract of Hunter Strickland that is making me wonder: Is David Bell just trying to help this dude get paid? We'll discuss that in just a moment. But you know what, Steve. There's a thing that as fall is coming along, you need to be checking out. When you grow your small business, LinkedIn can help you out because you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easy to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire it's why small businesses rank linkedin jobs number one not two not three number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Coming up later this week, the Reds are in a cornfield in Iowa. We've got the Field of Dreams game with the Cubs, and Locked On Cubs is going to join us. We're going to preview this amazing game, and we're going to dive into two of the most historic franchises in all of baseball. We're going to look at the all-time Cubs and Reds rosters and what that would look like. If you could see an actual field of dreams game between the Cubs and the Reds, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Steve, I know that it's a 162 game season and there's a lot of games to talk about and there's a lot of games that mean a lot of different things. But for one day, we're going to be able to evaluate a game
1: solely based on itself and I cannot wait for that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game, Jeff. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause about it is last year's game was just so electric <laughs> yeah. that it's a lot to live up to. But I really hope that Nick Lodolo can go out there and do something special and, and really, you know, raise our excitement a level at least just for a night.
0: I'm already excited the fact that he's the probable starter so that that in and of itself is electric, but it's going to be great to watch and you're right. I mean, the sequel is rarely ever better than the original, but we're going to try. We're going to try. You know, what's going to help is if Hunter Strickland doesn't pitch the ninth inning of that game or any other game for the rest of the season. Like I know I get it. The Reds won last night. But they almost didn't because of Hunter Strickland in the ninth inning. And this man continues to pitch the ninth inning for help me out here, Steve, because
1: I'm not coming up with any reason. Listen, there, Hunter. You know, it's not just an eye test. Jeff, our, our buddy Matt Wilkes over at Red's Content Plus sent out a tweet uh, after that debacle uh, in the ninth inning. And there's a lot of statistical categories that are ranked out there. And there's 162 relievers that qualify uh, when you when you put a, a, an innings cap or a, an innings minimum on it. And when you do that, you get 162 relievers, and not one statistical category does Hunter Strickland rank better than 150. Out of 162, there are at least 149 relievers in baseball better than Hunter Strickland. I for the life of me cannot figure out what they are doing. I can't figure out why Hunter Strickland is still on this roster. I mean, they just sent Dowry Moretta down. And at least Dowry Moretta has some upside. Keep him up there. Let him blow saves in the ninth inning. I mean, he can do that (laughs) just as easy and learn something. And it might lead to improvement. Hunter Strickland, we know who he is. He's a guy that needs to be back. And groceries at the grocery store. He should not be a major league baseball pitcher. And it makes absolutely no sense that David Bell continues to run him out there.
0: Right. And, and from all intents and purposes, he's an awesome guy. He's got a lot of great off the field stuff. But that's all well and good. We're trying to figure out the future of this team. And we knew three months ago that he wasn't going to be in this bullpen whenever the Reds were good again. So why on earth are we still trying to run him out there and figure things out? But I'll tell you this, Steve, and I, I shout this out. Our friend Drew Cook over at the Blog Red Machine actually had an article, and this was back in March. He, he kind of got some of the details, and I think it was John Heyman that tweeted out the details of the contract for Hunter Strickland. And there's a clause In Hunter Strickland's contract, if he finishes, so, you know, whether he saves it or not, whether he blows the save, but the game ends and he's the pitcher, if he finishes 20 games, he gets $100,000, a bonus of
1: $100,000.
0: What number
1: was tonight?
0: Well, had he actually finished the game? Because he didn't finish the game. He had to be pulled. But it would have been number 20 because he's <laughs> on 19 games finished currently right now in the season. I, I, I can't for the life of me understand. the And then every five games past those 20. So, you know, 25, 30, 35. And I believe it goes all the way up to 40, which God help us if we get to 40, but that's another 100,000 for every
1: five
0: past 20. I, it was Put obvious.
1: Put on your prognostication hat for me for just a minute. So what happens if he gets the 20? Is this, is you tease this. Is, is, it your, is it your contention that possibly the red David Bell gets him to 20 and then asks for him to be DFA'd?
0: I almost wonder if he just keeps, I, I, I don't think that there's any contrition here. I obviously don't think that David Bell is trying to bring about some sort of financial ruin to uh, his his current employers. But there's a little bit of, well, you ain't going to pay for the roster, but you could pay for this guy. So let's just keep rolling him out there and seeing if he can finish the game. And he's just going to keep cashing in those checks. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's that way. That sounds vindictive, but you could be right. He could get one more finish because he said yesterday after the game. David Bell said this, and I'm, I'm going to give an impression here because I, I couldn't. I wanted to find a video like we had of Jose Barrero, but I couldn't find a video of it. But here's my impression of David Bell talking about Hunter Strickland. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we, we got to put him in a uh, good position here. Uh, you know, he's got to got to work on some things. But, uh, you know, I, I, he'll, he'll get better because uh, moving forward, uh, he, he's he's our guy. He's the guy that we're going to turn to uh, the rest of the way. So, um, yeah, he's you know, he, he'll get there, though. He, he's a he's a solid vet.
1: Listen, if he continues to be the closer of this team, it is just almost criminal. Uh, and and yes. listen, and, and don't get me wrong, Jeff. I've already seen the hate out there about it should have been Diaz in the ninth. And why was it? Listen, I liked the fact that they used he faced Diaz the the for order. the, for was the middle of the yeah. order. Now, yeah. I will tell you that what I would have, I, I think that David Bell needs to learn just a little bit more nuance in these things that he does. Reaver San Martin came out and threw three pitches the inning before and got three (laughs) outs. So I would suspect he still had a little something in the tank. What I would have liked to have seen was him to come back out and start that inning. And if he gets into trouble, you immediately go to Diaz. You have Diaz loaded, warmed up, ready to go. But if... If Sam Martin can get you even just two more outs, well, now you're in a new situation because Diaz can come in, get the final out of the eighth and then pitch the ninth. So I would like to see him be a little bit more selective in just exactly how fast he pulls the hook on these guys sometimes. Now, I know San Martin could have given up a home run and it could have been tied. Well, hell, that's what Strickland did. So it doesn't matter. So let's go with guys that have upside. And in this situation, both Diaz and Sam Martin have upside. Strickland does not.
0: Well, and and you could even push it back further. Like if we just think of David Bell, like like back in college, whenever you were typing a paper and you were just trying to, you know, expand the margins a little bit, maybe, you know, make the commas bigger so that you got more room on the paper and you, you were filling out more stuff. Buck Farmer, he only threw one out. You, you had Joe Koonell pitch an entire inning. You could have Buck Farmer pitch one or two more outs, maybe. And then Joe Koonell pitches a little bit into the into the eighth. And then Sam Martini either finishes the eighth or you know pitches an out in the eighth. And then Diaz comes in. Like I I just there is nuance, like you said, that David Bell can employ here. And it feels like David Bell, in his mind. And it's the only mind where this seems to make sense. But in his mind, it's Alexis Diaz in the eighth and it's Hunter Strickland in the ninth. And I I, I think and the contract's the only thing
1: that explains that. Maybe I, I do have this thought, though, Jeff, that there could be some load management thoughts going on in David Bell's mind because of the way he did it today. Only Joe Kunal is probably unavailable to start the Met series. Everybody else that pitched tonight out of the bullpen can probably go again tomorrow. So there's some of that. I kind of see I, I can I can see that a little bit. But I tell you gotta win the games you can win, man. And against yeah. a division, the division rival that you can you take a series from you win that game and you you manage that game to win it and i don't know i mean uh, then we would be griping at him tomorrow for having strickland and that's you the know.
0: job of a manager
1: yeah. I, exactly but <laughs> listen I, I let's end this bullpen segment on on a high note and just i want to give you a second to talk about your boy because alexis diaz man wow i i'm telling you and
0: and it was the fact that i had the place to myself whenever he was pitching i was screaming i was yelling that slider comes it just hits the bottom of the zone guys look at it strike 1 Hell, come on let's go the guys swing right over top of it oh my gosh he is so much fun to watch and i just i i i just really don't want him to be any worse than this. I want him to continue to get better because he is so much fun right now. And it's funny because we noticed whenever I was looking up some stats before the before we started today, according to Baseball Reference, he has the highest war, according to Baseball Reference, on the team right now. Because it was Castillo, then Mally, then Drury. Obviously, they're not here anymore. Now it's Diaz. And, oh my gosh, that slider. Because early on in the season, we were just like, oh, that fastball. Now we're like, oh, that slider just i mm, ah, love it. I love it, Steve. I love it.
1: Well, basically, the big takeaway, Jeff, is anyone but Hunter Strickland should be pitching for the Reds the rest of the way. Anybody else, Hunter Strickland, anybody should go. Well, listen, Hunter Green was placed on the injured list, which opens up an awesome opportunity for Justin Dunn. Uh, Will we be without green for a long period of time? And what can we expect from Justin Dunn? Uh, That's what we're going to discuss coming up in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.net. The Mets right now for tomorrow's or today's game actually are negative 300 on the money line. Sounds like people don't have a lot of faith in Justin Dunn being able to shut down this Mets lineup in his debut. If you want to find out about that and lots more bets you can place, head over to betonline.net right now because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for the odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news from every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and all of the combat sport. They've also got esports and even golf. I've uh, never bet on golf, but um, if Jeff's playing, bet against whatever he's doing. This I know. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information, from live in game betting to scores and podcasts they have you covered. Head to betonline.net today. Uh, you can use your computer or mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. You can follow the podcast on all platforms available, including YouTube. Make sure you do that. We've got lots of great content out there for you, and we don't want you to miss any of it. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, Jeff and I will have you covered as the Reds start a three-game set in New York City against the Mets. We will go over uh, Justin Dunn's debut and get you set for game two. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter. You can follow me at s offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, again, click that bell if you're on YouTube. Subscribe. Don't miss. Anything. All right, Jeff, we've got a couple different things to talk about here in this segment, because uh, Hunter Green was placed on the injured list over the weekend. Uh, the Reds have said that they sent him for an MRI. It did not show uh, anything that was going to require surgery. Uh, and many have speculated that this is more of a uh, load management injured list stint than anything else and while i have yet to find anything that just confirms that it does seem to make sense
0: yeah because they also came out and they said there is no timetable for his return and let's let's like just kind of play this out for a minute the injured list that he just went on to the 15 day list and i think it was like retroactive back to like thursday or something like that and so if you kind of Stretch that out. That's in the middle of August. Okay, that's fine. But if it's really shoulder fatigue, are we going to bring him back as quickly as possible? That, that's not something you want to mess with in a pitcher.
1: No, here's the thing. If, if he goes to 15 days, that's three starts. He's going to miss three starts. And if they immediately activate him at the end of the 15 days, then, you know, maybe he had tweaked something. That's a little extra rest. I don't really have a problem with them firing him back up. If it's any longer than that, if he misses a fourth or fifth start at that point, you're talking about now a shoulder that's had a month and a half of rest. And we really want to ask him to fire that back up well into September in a season that's lost already. No, get out of here with that. You keep him shut down. Thanks for your service this season, Hunter Green. You did an amazing job. We'll see you in February at spring training. That's the direction I would go with that because it is just not worth risking that shoulder to, to ask him to to fire it back up and get in game shape and and all of those things that could go wrong and asking a young pitcher to do that you know with his innings count right now and again we've had this conversation about innings versus pitch pitches thrown but his innings count right now is pretty much right at his max of where it's been before so I don't have a problem with saying that's good
0: No, and I totally agree because and even if he were in the running for this, I don't necessarily think that would mean anything. But like he's not in the running for rookie of the year or anything like that. I kind of thought he'd be a lot closer to the top of that award watch but whatever it's it's been a nice rookie year he's learned a lot he definitely knows maybe it is the time shut him down let's start working on that changeup let's get that changeup ready for spring training and then come out in spring training and throw nothing but changeups so that he's ready to go with that third pitch next year because that's all he needs i swear I, I i don't see any other part of his game that he needs to tweak but with him going out however long That opens up an opportunity for Justin Dunn, who is a guy that we've not seen ever since we heard his name in that trade for Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker.
1: Well, you know, he came over in this deal and he and and listen, folks, he was already banged up and and that wasn't a secret. Uh, I I don't want people to get the impression. Oh, man, the Mariners pulled one. No, that's not what happened. Uh, Everyone was well aware that that Justin Dunn had some issues going on. So he has now worked his way back. Uh, The timing has worked out that it was coincidentally right around the trade deadline. And we thought that we would see him right after the trade deadline ended up being Duggar. And a lot of that just had to do with the fact that Dunn had pitched on like the day before the trade deadline, somewhere in that neighborhood. So he wasn't ready to go. Uh, so now he's getting a little bit of an extended rest. I think he, he was due. He could have pitched like yesterday. um, on his regular rest rotation. So give him a couple extra days, get him up, let him prepare. So he's had time to focus on the Mets and get the scouting reports and get himself ready. I'm glad for that. Put him in the best position possible to make his Reds debut because there is a lot of pressure on this debut, whether, you know, you really feel it or not, or you really, you know, haven't sat back and thought about it for a minute, but this is where we start to see some of the return for Winker and Suarez, so you know it's it's. I'm sure Nick crawl is paying attention, but as we move into this start, Jeff, what tell us a little bit about Dunn? What can we expect when he takes the mound in New York?
0: He's got a four pitch mix, at least according to his scouting profile. He's got a fastball, changeup, curveball, and slider. So you know, pretty typical four pitches. Now he doesn't grade really super high on any of them. However, his slider is the best graded pitch on the you know the 20 to 80 scale his sliders a 50 everything else is like a 40 and a 45 he kind of seems like a guy in, in the profiles that I've read he's like a fifth starter spot starter type dude probably a long relief type pitcher maybe we see him in the bullpen in a year or two but as of right now it's fine that he's starting we can see what we have out of him but Other than that, what you're going to see tomorrow, the first thing that they're going to throw up is when he pitched in 2021, he had 11 starts and he threw just a tad over 50 innings. And you're going to see this one number that's going to get your expectations through the roof, and that is he had a 3.75 ERA. What I want you to know about that is the predictors were not kind to that, said that he was getting lucky. His ex-fip, which is rated as the best predictor of an ERA, was at 5.61. So when you see Justin Dunn, have a blank canvas of expectations. Don't think that a 3.75 ERA is what we're getting here, and we're getting like a number two starter who's just going to absolutely take the reins and transform this pitching staff right now. We're probably looking at a dude that profiles very close to Rivar San Martin, and you know what? If the Reds figure that out,
1: I'm okay with that. You know, I'm trying to keep my expectations kind of low on him, yeah. and if and if he outperforms that, great. It's a bonus. Uh, you know, throughout his career, Jeff, he's kind of been a flyball pitcher. And yes. that, that doesn't profile very well at great American ballpark. Just ask Mike minor, uh, about yeah. not keeping the ball on the ground. So that gives me a little bit of concern. Now, you know, obviously, you know, those things can change from year to year. And if he's truly a relief pitcher type of guy, you know, I've been telling you for years now that you can't count on those guys usually from outing to outing, let alone year to year. They're always swinging back and forth and changing. So for me, I'm, I'm going to approach this with an open mind, hope that he's able to to keep the ball on the ground instead of out of the air hope that he's able to build upon the things he did last season before he got injured and then you're right if he starts this year and ultimately is a really solid bullpen guy well you and i have talked about off air and i'm gonna beat this drum uh or trash can depending on if we're playing houston and i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to say that i think the reds could be a wildcard contender in 2023 with a bullpen upgrade and maybe a veteran outfielder. So if he becomes part of that bullpen upgrade, all the better.
0: And I, I would love to see that because I think that the bullpen is a blank canvas outside of Alexis. Diaz. He's the one guy that I want to see in next year's bullpen. 100% for sure. There's some other dudes that if the reds run them back, give them another shot. I'll be okay with that. None of them are Hunter Strickland, but I just don't necessarily think that there's anybody who's cemented a role in there. And if you can have a dude that, you know, maybe he's a starter, maybe he's a long relief type pitcher. We have seen value in that. I've talked about it before guys like Eric Lauer and Brent Suter and things like that for the brewers, they have gone really far with those guys. So you need one or two of those dudes throughout a season if Justin Dunn can fit into that mold and works out to be that way on a cost controllable contract that, you know, ownership's going to love, then that is just absolutely one dude less that they got to worry about this off season.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. I I'm, I'm, I'm really just kind of looking forward to, to seeing what Dunn brings. And, and I, and I really am hopeful that he uh, finds some success uh, almost immediately for the Reds.
0: So, you know, I mean, what, what stinks is we're probably not going to see Hunter Green for the rest of this year. But given the news, shoulder fatigue, totally okay with that. No, I don't, don't want them rushing him back any reason at all because there's no damage, doesn't require surgery. There's guys that we can get an extended look at. Who knows? Maybe we could see a look at Brandon Williamson. I know we've talked about this before. Probably not. But who knows? Anyway. The whole thing here is we are probably just and done with Hunter Green in twenty twenty two, but that's all right.
1: Oh, that's the worst dad joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, it's time to end. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. We're so
1: sorry to our listeners.
0: <laughs> we are so happy to have you along for some Reds talk coming up tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to take a look at this start by Justin Dunn and see exactly what he brings to the ball club. Plus, is there a guy and the news might actually come down, but I'd be interested to talk about him. What can Fran Mil Reyes do as a Cincinnati Red? Would he be a guy worth going after on the waiver wire? We're going to talk about that and more on tomorrow's Locked On Reds podcast. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast as MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings you humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Plus, dude's been taking a road trip through all the stadiums. I'm sure he's going to be talking about that. Check it out. Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, as we move through this week, we're headed to the cornfields in Iowa. But first, we're in the Big Apple to face Alexis Diaz's brother. So what can people expect
1: from you and me? They can expect us to be locked in on the bright lights in the big city and to be locked on reds every single day. Talk to you tomorrow.